methods that were used in the Gospel of Matthew. And I've got a reason for doing it because there are some funny twists in the Greek that are different from the way we would speak. And they, they throw a huge, a huge emphasis on, on the nature of the Lord's Prayer. So it goes like this. is Pater Hemon, Hoentis Uranis. Hayastato to onomosu. El theto hevasiliasu. Genetheto to thelamusu. Hos in urunu kaepikes. Father of us, the one in heaven. Holy be the name of you. Respected be the name of you. Let it come, the kingdom of you. And the will, let it be the will and the purpose of you. In the same way that it is in heaven, it must be on earth. I'm imitating Zorba the Greek. <laughs> but you've got to get the passion. My father was Greek. I don't speak Greek, but I know when the hands came out, it was serious. <laughs> the thing is this. There's a lot of... <coughs> excuse me. There's a lot of passion in this. And uh, in fact, could I have a glass of water? Could somebody give me one? <coughs> one of the most famous quotes from Zorba the Greek, who Zorba turned to his English friend. He says, if a man has no passion, then his father is an Englishman. (laughs) (laughs) And we have in our traditions managed to be able to destroy the passion of this glorious poem because it's a a prayer that comes from a fire that's in the heart. And it says, Father of us. Pater Hemon, Father of us. The one who is in the heaven. That's the Father, that one. Not some other Father. The one who is in the heaven. Father of us. What I want it to be known is you have got to be respected. Let it be that I can respect you. Let it be that we can be respected, or your name can be respected and revered and treated for the holiness that it should be. Let all disrespect of you stop. And of course we say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then he says, your kingdom She is so beautiful. By the way, I said she on purpose because the kingdom in Greek is feminine and I'll talk about that in a minute. The kingdom, she is so beautiful. Let it come all over. The kingdom of you. Not some other kingdom. Not some other idea. Not some mixed up thing with a bit of this and a bit of that. But Father of us, you who are the one in the heaven... Your kingdom, she is beautiful and she must be all over the earth. And Father of us, 
your will, your beautiful will, the way you want things to be, the way you want things to be, let it be on this earth just like you've got it in heaven. And when we learn to pray, we take that disposition. And Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. And he did it in Greek, so I figure I can use a Greek accent. (laughs) But it is important that we understand we've got to get it out of our it's kind of like kind of like a desiccated little pill. All the nutrition's there, but we've got to add the moisture and the juice and the water of the spirit to let it expand into this living thing that forms the very being of who and what we are. Because you see, when that passion takes over you, it's impossible not to pray without ceasing. Because there can never be a time, there can never be a breath that you take that you do not live. That the Father's name is revered. That his kingdom is getting better and better with every breath I take. Because I'm breathing for the kingdom of God. And let it be that with every breath I take, it is in agreement with him. And if Jesus said, pray like this, then I'm going to do that without ceasing. And and to a very large degree, that's what prayer without ceasing is. Prayer without ceasing comes because we have, to use a technical term, we've aligned ourselves with the Spirit and the heart of God and we're letting Him breathe through us. And remember, hyopneuma, which is Greek for Holy Spirit, can mean holy breath as much as it means Holy Spirit. And can mean holy wind and holy breeze. Lord, let the wind of your spirit, the breath of your spirit, let it be my breath. Let me breathe this thing, that father of us, the one who is in the heavens. Lord, let it be. Let it be. Let it be. That you are respected and loved for who you are all over this earth as it is in heaven. Let it be that your kingdom comes as it is in heaven. Let it be that the way you want things, the inclination, the desire of your heart, the expression of your character, the perfection of your virtue, let that be what is on earth as it is in heaven because then we will have heaven on earth. And now, we've looked at the first half of the Lord's Prayer. Let's look over here now, and we'll get a bit theological. Last week, I showed you that the Lord's Prayer was right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, and in the way that the Sermon on the Mount is organised, like many things, it's a structure called a chiasmus, where the most important part of the statement is in the middle. Often we think logically things argue toward a conclusion at the end, but in the ancient way of arguing and presenting a case, 
the middle was always the most important point. And it was kind of like if, we're, if anybody's ever had a, a, an altercation with somebody where you've said, now listen, I'm really going to tell you something and, I, I, and to prepare you, I'm going to tell you this. Now, this is it. You got it? All right, now, see, I told you, I prepared you for it. Now, have you understood it? Did you notice how I went through an outside statement matched by an ending statement, matched by a preparing statement, matched by a sort of concluding statement with the main thing in the middle. Often when we have altercations or fights or passionate discussions, we slip into this way of communicating. It's natural to human beings. And nearly all the ancient writings followed it. And the Lord's Prayer sits here at the epicentre. And I like, this is, the, this is a, a, a diagram showing, uh, from 2016 the theologian did this one, so it's very recent. Um, that's, he said the Lord's Prayer is like a mountain. We climb the mountain, we come down it. And of course, last week I also showed you this. These are the different parts of it. And here we are climbing the mountain to the epicenter, which is the Lord's Prayer, and then climbing down. That's the structure of the three pages that is the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, so I'm not going to go over that again, uh, except I really want to point to this target. Part of what Jesus said was, he said in that sermon, he said, and I want you to be perfect just like your father's perfect. Now, mo most people think that means I've got to be sinlessly perfect like a piece of polished stainless steel without any blemish on it. And that's not what's being said at all. That's, a, that's an English way of understanding what perfection is or a modern Western way. The word there for perfect is actually one who hits the target. One who hits the target. What Jesus is actually kind of saying is saying, listen, and I want you to be a person who hits the mark just like me and dad do. And to a very large degree, he's saying, I'll tell you what, you come with me, you let me breathe the spirit within you and you are going to hit the target just like dad and I do. It's actually as much an invitation as a declaration of a standard. It's beautiful. And, and the reason I'm saying this is we've got to enter the Lord's Prayer with this beautiful, incredibly generous disposition and invitation that it is to us. And there's lots of technical stuff to learn and it's good to learn it, but, but, but I kind of feel you've got to enter it with the, with the passion and the joy and, and the, 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 uh, the fire. You've got to feel the heat of the flame before you study the technicalities of fire, right? You, a lot of people like an engineer, they'll study fire, but they're actually, they do it in an air-conditioned room. And fire, you don't understand fire in an air-conditioned room. You've got to feel its heat. And we've got to feel the heat and the life and the throbbing heartbeat of God as we seek to understand what he's drawing us into when he said in Matthew chapter 9, he said, when you pray, pray like this. And of course, there's the traditional Lord's Prayer. And last week, I showed you that those last lines, for the kingdom, the power, and the glory of yours now and forever, actually are not in the Sermon on the Mount or the Sermon on the Plain version of the Lord's Prayer that are found in the Gospels. It was added as a gloss. It's not wrong. It's actually associated with something from Chronicles. It's a beautiful thing, not a wrong thing, but if we're going to be speaking scripture on the Lord's Prayer, I have to remove them. So please don't burn me at the stake when I hit the next slide because there it's gone and I have replaced it. 
And I've replaced it with the next two verses from Matthew, which are strictly speaking not part of the Lord's Prayer because they have slipped from the genre of poem to the genre of prose. The Lord's Prayer itself is a poem, followed by a sh- and then it is followed by a short prose statement, but the prose statement contains elements that are necessary for us to understand the Lord's Prayer. It's a little bit like the frame. Okay, so the, what's blue there is, is, is this sort of like a frame at the end of it. And to understand the Lord's Prayer, we need to understand all of this, but the bit that's in black is the bit that is actually the Lord's Prayer. Okay, so now I've made it all black, and we're going to take a little bit of a look at the overall structure. How do we go through understanding the Lord's Prayer? Well, first of all, the red bits pick up one of the major themes. Father in heaven, earth as in heaven. Heavenly Father... And then your father. Now, he didn't mention father, uh, heaven there, but that has to do with the father in heaven. So what we're looking at here is we can see our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in my little dramatisation a moment ago, I was trying to draw out the whole thing is that, Father, you are the one who is in the heaven and we want, we want it like it's in the heaven on earth. So it's a package. That is, if you want to get into technical words, that's called an inclusio. And the ancient writers used to do it. It's kind of like start here, finish here, and what's in the middle you've got to explore because that's that's how I unpack it. Then we have another inclusio down here, Heavenly Father and your Father, and then we have this and this form. They would have overlapping inclusios. So we have this, this constant idea of Father and Heaven as being the major theme. And you can understand this. Jesus came from heaven and earth. You came from heaven and earth. Right? You know the song? So the point is he came from heaven to earth. Right? To to show us the way. Because he was wanting to cause earth to come into line with how he'd created it to be. So it was like heaven. So the Lord's Prayer is very, very much about the overall... Agenda. So the number one thing we've got to understand, the Lord's Prayer is about a commitment to, to God's mission. If you studied missiology, that's called the Missio Dei, which is Latin for the mission of God. Now, then the next thing, that's the big thing we're going to look at, we won't look at it tonight, but in a couple of weeks, we're going to follow through this last section, which has this incredible theme on forgiveness, which is very, very practical, and it make, takes our prayer from a place of intense focus on the spiritual reality and majesty of God to his provision, then to how do we go about practically expressing what are the key on the ground things that we need to actually do to start to see what we want happen. So to a very large degree, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're praying that we become the answer to our own prayer which is very important. It's an important aspect of it. Okay, let's move along. Here's the section we're going to look at tonight. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now listen to the rhythm of the Greek. I'm going to say the Greek again, but I want you to listen to the rhythm of the Greek words because we often think our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I hope I've already made this point in my little dramatisation, but I'm going to make it formally now. Listen to this. Pater hemon 
horrentis urinis. That's our Father in heaven. And it, it, says, it says, Father of us, the one in heaven. I love the way it says Father of us because it emphasizes the hour bit. Right? Then it says, listen to this rhythm. Hayestato to onomosu, eltheto hevasiliosu, genetheto to thelomosu. Can you see there's a rhythm in there? on earth as it is in heaven. So it's really saying, hallowed be your name. Let your name be respected on earth as it is in heaven. I hope you picked that up in the dramatization. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I hope you picked that up on the dramatization. Of course, we're used to hearing your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All right. So basically... The on earth as it is in heaven applies to all three, not just to the last one. How many of you want God's name to be respected on earth the way it is in heaven? That's a great thing. I love, I love that prayer and I'm saying, thank you, Lord. When I align my heart, I would say, let me, let me make sure that I know how to handle that properly. And I'm going to deal with that a little bit more. I better not get ahead of myself. Let's look at some key words. The first word, our. I gave that a moment ago. Panto Hemon, Father of us. You know, this prayer is not the my father. It's father of us. Now, who is the us? That's actually really quite a powerful statement. Who is the us we are acknowledging he is the father of? And I would suggest to you that it is every human being on the earth in its broadest, in in concentric circles father of my family it's never just father of me I can never pray this for me because there's no room in it for me to pray this for me when I pray this I'm joining the us bit it's community communal this is coast individual church isn't it isn't this coast individual church I'm in it's coast community church That community is not just some nice little throwaway. That's absolutely essential. One of the things I love about being in the network of churches called the Churches of Christ is that we actually acknowledge that all who call upon the name of Jesus, no matter what denomination they're in, are, in fact, Christians. And we are called the Church of Christ, not that the others, like, say, the Catholics or the Anglicans, are not the Church of Christ, but to say, no, we are part of the overall Church of Christ. We are a movement within the overall Church of Christ which acknowledges and embraces and loves without division all others. Now, one of the things I also love about the Church of Christ is often we've been incredibly bad at it. If you look at our history, it's shocking in some parts. But one of the things I love at least about the conference we've got here is they're very open and honest about that and acknowledge the fact that there is brokenness in us and that's why with the second half of the Lord's Prayer is going to be really important. But we begin by saying, Father of us. Father of us. And that's with a generous heart. How can I be inclusive? I can't just be a little closed and obsessed with my own privacy, my own little private spiritual world. I can't pray the Lord's Prayer with a private spirituality. The moment your spirituality is private, you cannot pray like this. You've locked yourself out of the very first word that Jesus said when he said pray like this. If you want to pray, you can't have a private spirituality. 
You might get warm, fuzzy spiritual things because God loves you and you may have some kind of connection to God because God loves you, but he's saying you're still not praying like this because you don't know who I am and you're not sharing my heart until your heart is open and inclusive. So let me get my Holy Ghost crowbar into you and pry you open. I won't not love you if you're locked up, but I do want you to know it's much better for you if you open up. Father of us, the one in the heavens, Oh, our Father. Now, Father is a very important word here too. Father is a trigger word for many people. I've heard a lot of teaching on father wounds. I've heard a lot of teaching about where, where, where fathers have done a lot of things wrong and hurt people. A lot of people say, well, look, I can't, I can't cope with the word Father because it means all sorts of bad things. One of the things that God wants us to do is to teach us what that word truly means. To teach us what that word truly means. And what it means, and, and we've got this world where people are terrified of, quote, unquote, a patriarchal society. You know, when I see some of the abuses done in the name of men, I, I'm, I'm almost ready to become a feminist myself when I see some of the horrible abuses done. But it is not an answer to destroy something that is good because it's been distorted. We've got to restore it to what it should be, not destroy it. And, and, and a true man is someone who loves and who is gentle and who's careful and never uses other people for his objectives or, or, or purposes or gratification and God never uses us. That is such a big topic. Sarpata Hemon. Source of my being. One who has a plan and a purpose for my life and for all my brothers and sisters. Lord, let me put myself where I can pray and I can dispose myself, I can, I can set myself in that direction. And do you know, as you are doing that, that is prayer. And do you know how I know it's prayer? Because Jesus said it was. He said, when you pray, pray like this. So if I'm going to pray those, this prayer and mean it, then I have to put myself where those words are what I can mean and what I can understand. And this requires contemplation and beholding and looking at God and, and letting him enter into our innermost fears and the wounds and the terrible, terrible things that often people have experienced and experienced the grace of his, his, his grace. And it's not until you, it's not like you're saying, until you can call me father properly, you ain't going to get anything. No, it's not like that at all. He's saying, I need you to be where you can trust me. I need you to be where you can feel the warmth of my heart. And the fact is, I actually created you. And it's not like I'm trying to pull rank on you, but I'm actually causing you to exist right now and creating the oxygen you breathe. And I actually have a purpose for you. And I just need you to turn to me so that we can work together on what I created you for. For God is love. And the Father is love. A true Father is love, not patriarchal domination. And I'm quite happy along with any of the feminists. You know, if they get out there against patriarchal domination, I'll join the, I'll have the biggest placard on the, on the street. But I don't agree that we've got to destroy what true patriarchy, what true fatherhood actually is. Do you follow what I'm trying to say? Now, our Father in heaven. Heaven here is the word Uranus. And I read uh, not long ago that in Greek legend... 
the god Uranus, Uranus, which our planet Uranus is named after, right, was the father of Zeus, who was the source of life. And so, Pater in Hemon, Hoentis Uranus, the word for heaven actually means the place of ultimate spiritual truth and reality. And it's the one who is in the place of ultimate truth and reality. And that's, if we read the Bible, that's the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and no other. Not mentioned exactly here, but that's the context of this. It's why, why I had to give you the Sermon on the Mount context because you, 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 you've got to interpret these things that way. Patrachemon, Hoentus Uranus, hallowed be your name. You know, I really do believe casualization of the name of Jesus, even OMG, right, damages us. It's not like people say, well, I'm allowed to say it. Yeah, yep, yeah, you're allowed to say it. I'm allowed to, you're not allowed to tell me can't. Okay, okay, I'm not going to tell you not to. I'm allowed to smoke. Fine, yeah, sure. Okay, but you can have the cancer that comes with it. You know, I'm allowed, I'm allowed to do this, I'm allowed to... There's a very interesting thing about the ways of God, by the way. God often gives things to people because they ask for it, not because it's good for them. A lot of people say, well, I prayed for it and I got it, so it must have been God's will, so it's good. Well, no. If you know the story of the children of Israel... <coughs> if you know the story of the children of Israel in Egypt... <coughs> On their journey from Egypt to the promised land, they got sick of the manna and they wanted meat, so God gave them quail until they were sick. Now, did God want them to have quail? No. Why did they get it? Because they asked for it. Just because you get something from God doesn't mean God wants you to have it. The children of Israel wanted a king. Did God want them to have Saul? No. But did God give them Saul? Yes. We've got to think here carefully about the ways of God. We're here to be aligned with his heart, not to use him as Santa Claus to get what we want. Which is very challenging stuff. And it's why we've got to respect his name, <coughs> who he is. And so don't be just constantly saying, well, what's wrong with saying OMG? What's wrong with saying, excuse me, Jesus, in those casual ways? Well, plenty. Am I allowed to say it? Well, nobody's going to stop you, but you're going to live in the consequence of what it actually does to you and, to, and the spiritual destruction it's wreaking upon you to speak and to think and to act that way. You are destroying yourself. You're, it's like you're puffing on something poisonous every time you do that. And that's really, really serious. Hallowed, that means respected. I think I've covered that a lot. Kingdom. Come, I think I've covered that a lot in my dramatization, except there's one thing I want to say it's interesting. Listen carefully to these words. Hayastato to onomasu. To there is the name. Holy or respected be the name of you. Hayastato to onomasu. El theto he vasiliasu. The word for the in that second phrase is he instead of to, which is feminine instead of masculine. And here is something 
within the poetic structure of the Lord's Prayer that in itself we could spend weeks on meditating because it actually points and connects into one of the most beautiful themes of the scriptures because you'll see the kingdom is feminine and in my little action, my little dramatization, the kingdom, she is beautiful. I said that beautifully, purposely. I might have said it beautifully too, but the the kingdom, she is beautiful. I said that purposely because... You see, we who are the church, who are to be the full expression of his kingdom, are also to be his bride. And the church is feminine to God. And this is one of the reasons why I worry about people trying to say, well, you know, God's beyond gender, so we should call God she or her. I I can sort of understand people saying that, but they've, uh, they've added one and one and got three. God is beyond gender, true. But God chose to reveal himself through his scriptures as uncompromisingly masculine. Why? Because what's feminine in the scheme of things is you and me. I, Peter Carvelis, am feminine before God. I am part of his bride. Which means, ladies, that you somehow or other represent the more, more eternal aspect of what it means to be human than any man ever can be, which is a reason why you've got to be respected. Because the church is feminine in the scheme of things. It means we've got a lot of thinking to do. That really blows our minds about what masculine and feminine means. That's fine. I love, I'll throw the dynamite in, right? Nuke it. For my, as my ways are above your ways, says the Lord, as the heavens are above the earth. The simple fact is that we are all being prepared to be part of a bride. It is one of the major themes of the scriptures. One of the major themes. Your will. When we see will, people often think will are getting tough, you know. We're going to have a wrestle of wills. My way or the highway. And a lot of people have treated this like that. Lord, we're going to be so loyal to you that anybody who doesn't agree with how we believe you want to want it, they're really going to be in trouble and we're going to persecute them. My way or the highway. And God says, no, that's not how I do things. God doesn't do things by coercing or forcing. We've got to understand the nature of his will. You know, there's a, there's a whole pile of words in the scriptures that deal with the nature of the will. Some of it has to do with the inclination of the heart. It has to do with the shape of character. Lord, let the inclination of your character and heart be what characterizes how things are done on earth like it is in heaven. Do you understand? It's not the imposition of some big stick. Although, if need be, he'll do that too. Because there is a severity in God. He's not a fluffy little Santa Claus. In fact, I love the way C.S. Lewis describes it when somebody says, is Aslan a tame lion? He said, no, Aslan is not a tame lion, but he's good. God is not something we can domesticate. He's good. He's wonderful. He's the father of us. And he's the one who's in the heaven. And we're going to align ourselves and we're going to respect him and honour his name and treasure his name. And we're going to, we're going to pray that his kingdom's going to come and we're going to be part of his beautiful bride. And... The way that you do things 
will be done here, practically on earth, just like it is in heaven. There's so much more we could go on with, but that's just the first bit of the Lord's Prayer. Let me pray. Father, I, I love you. <clears throat> and I wish it was possible for somehow or other to be able to grasp all of the truth of who you are and bring it into my heart. But Lord, it's more like you're the ocean and I'm just a fish swimming in it. And I thank you, Lord, for your greatness and your goodness and your glory. Lord, I pray that every one of us here can be totally saturated, totally penetrated, totally changed. As Lord, we learn to pray without ceasing, as we learn to, with every breath, align ourselves to the Father of us who is in the heavens, whose name must be respected, whose kingdom must come, and whose will and ways must be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.